Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 29. I am relaxing more and more into the recognition that relaxing deeper and deeper into the reality of what I am and the vastness of that and coming to terms with that reality is the extent of the effort I have to instill upon reality and actually the cessation of that effort for anything to happen based on my preferences has the most impact on the reality that I am because the truth of what I am is not what I think I am. So anytime the preferences of Andrew get in the way of what I think is best, it's going to take that reality further from where I further from where it's inevitably going once more of me comes to terms with the reality that it is all me. So that state of relaxation builds on itself and I'm enjoying the experience, especially this week. I'm fucking excited about what's already happening. I have to admit, it's funny because this episode of Raw, which we recorded earlier today, was a great conversation as a whole. It just reminded me how much is already happening and how much it took to get here. It's really quite exciting when you can sit back and look at the larger process of things without judgment and recognize how everything to some degree is useful if you can make it useful. Everything adds to your growth if you can make it add to your growth. And while you're doing that, thinking that you're doing it on your own, you're really not. You feel isolated, but you're really not. It's just another opportunity to practice in a different way, which is appropriate to what you need to learn. I find that to be incredible. And I'm very excited to share that journey with everybody in our community, because there are more and more of us. We've had more and more people joining us on Patreon. We've had more and more people joining us on Discord, in social media, in the comments section. It's great. The engagement is really what this is all about, because we are changing together. And I love it. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Duelist Community Raw, episode 29. An unexpected Friday episode of Raw. I love it. I love it. This is such a great way to end the week. I've had such a fantastic week. I just want to get into that quickly and say thank you to all the members of the community who have made the time to just chat with me this week, because I know I've reached out to a number of them just to touch base, maintain that connection and, and find out more about what's happening on their journey and, and just kind of listening to where they're at. And it was a real pleasure to get to know them better and on a deeper level. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of them. And again, for the insight, because it's been an insightful week. I was surprised by how many things kind of compounded on Patreon and whatnot. Um, we've had a lot of groups talking about, you know, dealing with past trauma and unpacking old emotions and, and really just letting yourself be who you are. But there's a lot to that. Like there's, there's a lot in that journey in terms of just shedding layers that you built up over time to protect yourself, really. And so earlier in the week, I had a revelation of my own dealing with uh, a physical embodiment of a past trauma, something that had, had been habitual for years. And I mean, years, I mean, the trauma had happened 30 years ago. And so just that protective 
habit of leaning a certain way to protect a certain body part had just built up over time. And it's just through the process of unraveling and relaxing over the last 20 years, especially, that I've managed to get to a point where I'm more sensitive to my body. I'm not as judgmental of my past. And so all of a sudden I had this insight, this recollection of this, that's where this comes from. And ever since the last three or four days, I've been feeling great. I've been feeling great, like I'm making proce- uh, progress in my exercise and making progress in my recovery in terms of injuries and whatnot from the past, because this is all kind of a personal physiotherapy journey for me. I really do enjoy that. My wife always says, like, why don't you just go to a physiotherapist? Because what's the fun of that? Like, I know my body. I just have to feel it. So it's really a matter of just tuning in. And so over the last several years, especially, I've been on this journey of feeling my body and allowing it to educate me and tell me what it needs in terms of either time or process or or exercise or challenge or things like that. And it's just been such an interesting thing to experience. And I know it has largely been influenced and inspired, especially recently, by all the other people in our community that are going through the same thing and have expressed very similar things on our Patreon calls. Because those group sessions, it's funny because people often say to us, like, I love those sessions. I'm so grateful for them. So am I. So am I, truly, because I learned so much from all of you. Yeah, it's just been a crazy week that way. I'll stop rambling and pass it to Andrew now. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, no, all of those thoughts I I resonate with a lot. And it's, it's interesting with the physical experience you had, kind of recognizing that past experience and being able to see where it came from. And, and I see that kind of reflective, whether it's a mental experience and something, you know, a way we act that's kind of like a protective state or a physical embodiment, like there's no division between those two things. So a lot of the ways that we act are informed by all of those past experiences. Most of the ways that we act are informed by that. And, you know, it's interesting, obviously, to see it embody you know, come out in the physical, but it, it goes the same with the mental. And I think a lot of times people don't always recognize where things come from. They'll live their entire life, not recognizing, not, not being willing to question. And I think that's why, you know, the process of questioning, the process of being where you're at and understanding that it came from somewhere is, is so important. And I've certainly had experiences in my life that are similar. Um, but yeah, we can, we can get more into that for sure. But yeah, with, I've had a, I guess, relatively insightful week as well. And it's been, um, kind of fun to see and like practice a lot of the things that we talk about. So I have some, some friends visiting me for the long weekend. And in the past, when I had people, you know, visit and kind of go on a trip with friends, I've, uh, there's been a certain stress underlying everything that I do. Like I have a certain idea of the way, you know, I want things to go. Like, you know, we should leave for, you know, to go ski at this certain time and not at this certain time. And it's been fucking crazy this weekend. Like yesterday, especially we had a long day of just like doing different things. And I was just deeply, deeply understanding that everything was already happening perfectly 
And so it was just me getting out of the way. And it was like, instead of going on the stressful side, it was like more relaxing than I, than I am like without being in those situations. It was, it was able to kind of pull me in another direction, relaxation. It was an incredible day. And it was just stepping back and kind of being like, it's already happening. You don't have to, you know, do things. It was, it was nuts. I, I don't even know exactly how to, I, I didn't think about how I was going to articulate this beforehand, but it was just that understanding that everything's already happening and I don't have to get in the way. The only thing is getting out of the way. And, and it's like everything was happening more perfectly than it could have. And just kind of being there for my friends, like obviously having a good time myself, but it was like, I was having a good time due to me being more in that service mindset almost of just letting them do what they want to do. Hey, whatever you guys are, you know, feeling tonight, you want to go out to eat, you want to eat in, like I'll, I'll help us sort of facilitate the things and you know it's i'm i'm kind of the host and everything but it's been a more relaxing experience than in the past it's been more stressful and there's been situations where typically i would be like yeah stop doing that or or whatever and it's just but at the same time i i haven't been hesitant to say like hey you mind you know throwing a coaster on that cup there because it's not like i'm concerned about that it's just like that's what's going to be done right now. Like mind that, but it's not like getting that extra idea of worked up about it. It's just when you got to say something, say it and there's no extra. Um, so that was one thing. And then there's another thing I could do, but I'll, I'll throw it back to you because it, it's been really cool. As much as we talk about these things, I haven't interacted with that many people besides my brother in the last couple months. Um, I'm not really around living in a place that's around many friends right now. And so just being able to put into practice the things that we talk about all the time has been a lot of fun just to see kind of my own growth in the last few months or so um, has been really interesting. Yeah, that's the benefit of those periods of isolation, right? And that's the thing is that we don't realize it at the time. A lot of times we're just like, oh, you know, I wish I was with more people. But that whole time you're changing as a person. And because you've stepped away from the familiar, there's more contrast when you do get together with your friends again. All of a sudden you feel like a new person because you've had that space. So you can almost see your old habits and superimpose new ones or not have any at all. So it's great to have periods of isolation. People miss that. Our culture misses that because we're always so fucking together all the time to the point where like, if you're not answering your phone, you feel like you disconnected from the public. Oh my God, I'm ghosting people because I didn't answer a call. It's like, no, that's what, that's okay. You don't have to be on call 24 seven. You're not paid to be at our disposal, you know, that kind of thing. But it's a hell of a process. And I, I love how you described it because <laughs> it's, it really, you've, you've hung out with me. You know, exactly what I'm like, like that. Everything's just happening. I don't really have a lot of preferences. If something needs to happen, it needs to happen. There's nothing personal about that. That's fine. But because there's less you, you realize you're not really making anything happen. You're part of it happening. So it's really just going with the flow and trying to make it easy on yourself and everyone else if you can. I was chatting with someone uh, yesterday and we were talking about not having a leader, 
but all of us having a relationship where we're kind of like workout buddies, you know, because life is hard and challenging. And every once in a while, I need somebody to come over and spot you. And that's very much what we're doing with each other. You know, and some of us have built up a little bit more strength. And we're like, here, let me spot you, but not too much because you got to build up strength yourself. So we don't want to get in the way. Right. And so it's more of an encouraging um, relationship rather than follow me. I know the way, right. Because you're one day going to need a spot. You know, someday you may need somebody there for you and uh, you can either wrestle through it yourself and you can do that. I'm not saying you can't, but it's nice to have people who are there for you because you're there for them, not to get something out of it, but because you can be, because you can be, that's all. You're just, your cup is overflowing. So you're in that state of, of surrender, of serving. And it doesn't feel like serving. That's the funniest part about the word serving. It's so abrasive to the ego. Immediately we're just like, uh, I don't want to do what other people want to do all the time. doesn't even feel like that. You just don't have those preferences. It's not like all of a sudden you can't speak up. You, you do, you can, you go, yeah, maybe not that. And I don't necessarily feel like this. You just don't feel like doing so as often. It's surprising how easy, easy going you are when everything's just changing. You're just like, yeah, all right, what the fuck? It's, it's a great way to live. It really is very light had the same experience yesterday grocery shopping with my daughter which is not something that we usually do together when i'm grocery shopping on my own i'm like a kid in a toy store you know like i just go to what i need and i'm, I'm kind of amused by everything i see i laugh at some of the marketing stuff like that because it's all kind of ridiculous and i just have a great time about it and then i leave and she was just watching me with this look of glee on my face as i realized i couldn't find the goddamn plum sauce I'm like looking for the plum sauce, having a great time trying to look down these aisles. Like, where the fuck is it? You know, just, it was an adventure. I had to find the goddamn plum sauce. It was going to happen. I wasn't in a rush, you know, so I just enjoyed it. And she thought that was the funniest thing, but it is just, you can just walk through life. I was saying this earlier to somebody else in the week. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. Um, you get to the point where you can be in the middle of an argument because that argument has to happen in order for some bridge to be gapped or, or paths to change. And then five minutes later, carry on and do a heel kick. Because you're not attached to what's happening. You know, it's not that you're not involved or accountable or responsible for what's happening. It just doesn't define you. It doesn't have that weight of the narrative. There's no shoulds. There's no shoulds. There's just what you're doing. It's very freeing. I thought you described it very well. Now it's it's one of the most freeing things I think you can realize and almost seeing I liked what you said um seeing the grocery store run as an adventure and we have that perspective of your life like everything kind of being an adventure it's an incredibly powerful perspective because when you when you have the perspective of it being an adventure a lot of times people will get caught up in thinking like oh my life should be happy and all of these things all the time but an adventure is not is a, a fun experience, but it has its its highs and lows for sure. Like it has, it's kind of like you know the plot of a movie. It's the setup, then the fall, then the rise, and that whole thing. And like that could be your day to day, week to week, month to month life. And and being able to see it as sort of like a movie playing out in front of you, or an adventure that you're experiencing in each and every moment is incredibly powerful and and freeing. And you see we've i've been talking a lot recently we've been talking a lot about just the necessity of the lulls and how they inform 
the highs, like when you see things as an adventure, as opposed to this, this experience where you should be happy and at peace at all times, no matter what, never experience any resistance or suffering whatsoever. When you see things as, you know, more of a, an adventure or a, a voyage almost, it's like way more, way easier to see the necessity of the lulls and the pitfalls and just the fullness that that adds to the experience. Like there wouldn't be so much enjoyment and excitement without, you know, having to spend 10 minutes trying to find the plum sauce in the grocery store. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's as, as in potentially as enjoyable as finding everything exactly as quickly as you can. And it's so funny in that, in that, uh, sense in that perspective of, you know, grocery store run. It's like, if you equate that to life, you think everything going right is you finding everything as quickly as you can, as perfectly as you can, knowing exactly where everything is. You know, you, you scope out the grocery store and where all the things are beforehand. And you're like, I'm going to go here. What's the most efficient route. I'm going to go here and then like do the exterior and then the interior. And then I'm going to check out and then leave. And then it's like, okay. And then what, like you did that as fast and most as efficiently as you could. Now you go and like you spend the extra time sitting on your thumb on your couch. Like, no, you can enjoy the experience no matter what you're doing. And it's not always about doing it the best way, the most efficient way, the quickest way. Cause it's like, okay, then you keep living your life. You're still living your life, or you could kind of enjoy the, the ups and downs of the experience, the getting lost in the experience, the being attentive to the experience, not so caught up in making it the the best most efficient quickest way and even even that you know that example going to the grocery store making it as quick and as efficient as possible you have no idea if that's actually the best thing for you not to get morbid but say there's you know a, a car going down the highway you get do it as quickly as you can you leave five minutes before you would have you get in a car accident on your way home like we we have this, we're so caught up in thinking with certainty that we know exactly how we want things to go, as opposed to understanding that you don't know what would happen if things went the way you wanted them to, according to your preferences and your limited perspective and your limited idea of, of what's best. Like you don't know what's coming next. So you might as well be attentive to where you're at and just make the most out of that experience each and every moment, because you don't fucking know what's coming next, what it's going to lead to, where it's going to go. You never do. Uncertainty. So such an important thing to get comfortable with and, and understanding that you just can't know. You never do. So you might as well be where you're at as attentive as you can possibly be and make it into that adventure that it always has the potential to be in each and every moment. And yet it is so important. It's funny you say that, and it's a lovely thought. Just make your life an adventure. But it is so important to recognize that like an adventure, you are less likely to go if you have shit tons of baggage. And that's the, the whole point. It's not to try and make your life an adventure. It's to shed your baggage until you feel like you can go on one. Because then you'll make life one. But it really is being in that state of mind where you're just like, yeah. This is great, regardless of how challenging it is. And I understand it gets challenging. I've been through my shit. I still go through shit all the time. And it's not like I'm like, wait, this is great as it's happening. But I do recognize the process. I do recognize what I'm going to get out of it. 
kind of like those periods of isolation that we were talking about a little while ago. I like fantasy stories. I've always liked fantasy stories like Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, uh, a bunch of stuff by David Eddings and, and, and Raymond E. Feist and a bunch of others. Anyway, I, I like magicians and magic and that whole thing. And uh, I've always loved the idea of the wizard's tower or the magician's tower. Gender neutral, just so everyone's clear, where you can basically isolate yourself for a period of study to really focus in on magic because that's what you're doing in your life all the time every time you change your state of mind every time you free yourself it's like fucking magic things change in your life really really fast we don't get that and so we avoid those periods of isolation or when we're in them we kind of piss and whine about it but there's so much power in isolation as you've probably recognized andrew when there's nobody to distract you you're in the whole emotional spectrum it's like you're swimming in it and you can go towards doubt or fear or joy or happiness or, or feeling kind of melancholy. Like you can go through all of it. You can feel just fucking neutral and numb. It's all there. And when you're on your own, you're fully exposed to it, especially if you're not distracting yourself. So there's opportunity there to feel it. Just like we were talking about in the episode um, Flying Blind. How often do you feel your reality? How often do you feel yourself? Rather than just carrying on and going through the day and getting grocery shopping done and finding yourself in the next moment where you don't feel comfortable just sinking into the present so you find something else to do or distract yourself with, how often do we not do that and deliberately just feel ourselves as reality without thinking about it, without preference, walking down the street with your dog, for example, feeling the snow, feeling the cold coming off the snow, feeling the pressure drop as you're walking that kind of thing. How often do you tune into it? Now a lot, but at one point it wasn't something that we did frequently because we were so caught up in everything. So the two go hand in hand. The more you can feel your life, the more you get out of the way, the more it is an adventure. It's just, we don't recognize how massive our life is because we have such a narrow view based on the narrative we tell ourselves. Yeah, the the importance of isolation and having that time, I I don't think it can be understated. And I'm it's I'm just realizing it now because I've been sort of isolated for a while, and now I'm not so much. So I have a chance to apply some of those things, but without that period of you know just relaxing in myself and understanding that everything's already happening perfectly, exactly as it is always um and i was thinking with with isolation like everyone experiences isolation throughout their day kind of inevitably to a point and oftentimes those are the times that people struggle with certain situations when they've been avoiding isolations like for example falling asleep when when you're in bed by yourself alone with your reality a lot of times that's when people i talk to will say like that's when my anxiety comes up that's when the thoughts won't shut the fuck up and all i want to do is fall asleep and i can't very difficult fall asleep so no matter what kind of situation you're in if you're in the middle of new york city with a bunch of people that you know at all times you're still going to bed by yourself you're still doing you know you're still taking a shit or taking a shower by yourself there's still going to be periods of isolation and that's a lot of the times the the things that people avoid or have difficulty in and those are the opportunities where you can actually 
see your shit for what it is, as opposed to just ignoring it at all times or allowing yourself to distract yourself from all of those things that you have the opportunity to go through when you are in that period of isolation. And so when you become comfortable with the isolation and the things that that come up, which you know doesn't happen overnight, it's not just going to be like, all right, I'm having a tough time sleeping because I'm going through all of these thoughts, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I just, it's going to go away right now. And I'm going to stop thinking about it. And that's it. It's like, no, there's a process there, certainly. But letting go of the idea of yourself as being a certain thing certainly helps with that. If not, is the thing that allows you to let go of most of those intrusive thoughts, at least initially. But understanding the importance of isolation and being able to utilize the periods of isolation to let go of the things that you are otherwise able to just avoid and suppress when you are not in so much isolation will allow you to have a more full experience when you aren't in the isolation anymore. And when the things come up, the triggers come up, you know, someone offends you or makes fun of you or whatever, you don't have that so much of a reaction immediately because you've become more comfortable with that isolation that you've been avoiding when you're by yourself so that when you're not in that period of isolation, it's a lot easier to deal with and and handle. So uh, yeah, I don't think the importance of being isolated and purposeful isolation, but also when you are just isolated, not on purpose, just kind of by design with your life, being able to see that as an opportunity to grow and learn, as opposed to something you're like, you know, fuck, I'm, I'm isolated. I'm lonely. I'm by myself. I don't want to feel this. I'm going to go distract myself with something else. Like understanding the importance of that can allow you to be like, oh, okay, I'm isolated right now. Oh, this is an opportunity. And actually kind of flip the perspective on that isolation from something that you always want to avoid. And you know, you feel like you're lonely and you shouldn't be isolated and you shouldn't be by yourself to, oh, here's a, here's a cool opportunity to not be so distracted by things and you know, work through some of the stuff that I've been caught up in. Because it, at some point, hopefully it dawns on us as we pace around our prison cell or at least that's how it feels when we're alone and we don't want to be and we don't like ourselves and feel like we're just in this prison cell and after a while pacing around banging our heads against the wall kind of pitying ourselves and doing all that it can dawn on us that there's a whole other dimension to that cell that we don't explore you know it's the reason some people do really well in isolation and some people don't some people look at it as an opportunity to go within to the point where they can use it almost like their own sensory deprivation tank. And they're not afraid of what's inside, but that's why we don't look at what's within. You know, we were saying this in, again, flying blind, that there are two environments happening all the time. There's the physical environment that, that we're experiencing physically. And then there's the internal reality, which drives so much of that physical experience, which influences so much of that, that physical experience and how we perceive it but we don't practice in that reality. We don't recognize that that is in itself like another plane of existence that simultaneously is happening, that they, are, they both inform each other, right? So once you get that, all of a sudden your prison cell isn't quite as small. And it's because you found a door that goes to an entirely different universe that nobody can take from you. And that's the freedom that Krishnamurti is talking about is the freedom within, like the freedom that no one can take from you regardless of bondage. 
And it's really important to recognize that what you have within is really just what's well, vast and immeasurable, but it comes down to whether or not you have the, the courage to look at it, whether you can relax into it and really learn to have fun with it. Yeah, for sure. I just so you know, I just quit out of a bunch of stuff that I didn't realize I still had open. So hopefully that prevents any further glitching and whatnot. No worries. <laughs> but you had a second insight you wanted to communicate, correct? Yes. That's yes. Um, so <laughs> uh, yesterday I, I was skiing with my friends that are visiting me and we took some, so we took some mushrooms and I brought my uh, weed pen with me. So I was feeling it was just that added to how incredible of a day it was besides me just being relaxed before all of that. It was like I was on 0.8 grams of mushrooms and took some hits of my weed pen like while we were out there. And it's so funny, like being able to even just having the faith in myself to be able to like be on mushrooms, take a hit of weed and feel like a different kind of reality and be totally okay with that. A couple of years ago, I cannot explain enough how difficult of an experience I would have, even just on that sort of thing. Like I had a tough time smoking. Like I did not that feeling of kind of, forced relaxation. I was very resistant to that because of my mentality. And as it has shifted, it has been much easier to, uh, to deal with. But so anyway, so I was pretty high and just kind of looking around at all the people and it hit me that. So I know Ray's going to get this. I'm going to do my best to, uh, explain this, but like people aren't really people. It's like, they are symbolic of a mentality and like i was seeing everyone as sort of thinking that they're an individual thinking they're this person but really all of their experience and everything that they express is symbolic of like a larger larger and larger scales of things or cycles kind of like our cycles within cycles episode but i was looking around like all everyone thinks that they're in control and they think they're an individual human having this experience and everything that they say and do and the way they act and the way they see things is very symbolic of how they see themselves how we as a society see ourselves and how we interact with one another. And so it just hit me even harder, the, the recognition that there's nothing to change. And like that, that sort of nudging thing made way more sense. And that's that deepened my just like stepping back and being like, it's already happening. How much can I get out of the way? Because if I'm in the way, stress, trying to force things, that's me kind of getting sucked back into the it's almost like getting sucked back into the mentality that i i don't don't know how to say this like i'm coming from almost that i was in until i recognized that i wasn't what i thought i was and then it's not that you have more control but that awareness allows you to just seeing it for what it is seeing that you're not just the character seeing that your reality being expressed as a, a certain 
interaction or iteration of itself, you see the influence that you have on yourself because it is a bunch of you. So it just hit me really hard because I was, I think this, this type of thing always hits me when I'm on some mushrooms and I smoke that it, it, and this is what I experienced at the retreat when I saw it was staring into the abyss for a few hours, but it, it was just like a little more mushrooms and a little more weed. And so this was a, another sort of iteration of that recognition, but I was seeing everyone just as an embodiment of smaller and larger reflections of different mentalities and the way that we all interact is relative to you know how much fear is kind of being expressed through us how much resistance we have to the reality of what we are and so we're all just kind of expressions of that and how we see ourselves but it just hit me like really hard like people aren't really people and yet we all think we are but we're not no it's a lot like a dream yeah that's exactly what it's like where we're all very symbolic of different parts of ourselves and in a certain state of mind you start to see it and that's exciting that's really that's exciting and it is when you sit back when you're able to remove yourself from the narrative of andrew and what andrew's doing what everybody thinks of andrew and what Andrew is going to get out of everything that happens and all of that stuff. Once all that's gone, you're just like, oh, wow. Oh, look at the timing. And the timing is incredible. That's when you really start to notice it and you start to see those cycles. And, and yeah, that's, that's the shit right there. That's the stuff that if there's anything I'm trying to communicate, it's that that feeling gets deeper and it exists and we can't see it. We don't feel it because we're so caught in this fiction. So all of this conversation we've been having that we've been having for four seasons has been just peeling off layer after layer after layer to become that exposed nerve that can feel reality working. So you can actually experience it as it's happening without you having to necessarily impose what you think is happening or what you fear is happening over top. That experience is undescribable or indescribable. Fuck it. Either one. The point is, it's impossible to communicate. You can't do it. I've been trying. You can't. But you can nudge people in that direction. Because when you're in that state, you start to recognize the more you try to force things, the more distortion you cause. It's not even about getting people to do a certain thing or pushing them in a certain direction. It's about being a certain thing. And that's what nudges them in a direction. And you're watching it happen all the time. You see somebody in an afraid state of mind get nudged by somebody else who's either more afraid or less afraid. And then you watch them equal out. It's the weirdest thing to watch, but it's happening all the time. Like thoughts colliding in our head and changing. That's exactly what we are. We are thoughts. We are, are way more complex, like obviously, because we're ever changing thoughts, we're patterns of thoughts, fuck, we're collections of thoughts, like an array of thoughts within thoughts and different experiences. And we're interacting with other arrays of thoughts within holy Christ. And so there's so many different influences happening there, you got to consider. We think about our brain as like, you know, impulses traveling around, blah, blah, blah. But how multidimensional are those impulses? And we, we really don't know. I mean, that's the whole branch of neuroscience. We're like, what the fuck's happening in there? Like, why does this make sight? You know, that kind of thing. 
But that's way more complex when you scale out and you look at the fact that we're all neurons in the same way, that we're just a much larger brain communicating back and forth in way more complex and multifaceted way. So there's only one way to really start to understand that, which is to stop getting in the way of it, just to be able to feel it. And yeah, that's really exciting, Andrew. I'm glad that you're having that experience. It's funny because you were communicating that and I kept thinking to myself, this is going to be a fun retreat because there's more. Yeah, I'm almost seeing this weekend as like the sort of mini retreat situation for me, like being, you know, a host of a bunch of people and, and just being able to kind of practice that and sit back. And I see, like, I think this time around at the retreat is going to be a lot different for me, like definitely a lot more comfortable. I've seen things a lot more deeply and just, you know, more faith in myself with everything that it's going to be a lot of fun just to see what the fuck happens there. But it, it you brought up like the impacts of groups and being around people who are, you know, more or less afraid and seeing that push or pull. It's like everyone kind of exists ever everyone experiences you know the broad spectrum but like they kind of are around a point along the spectrum at all times along the reality of my spectrum at all times and then they experience you know fluctuations within that spectrum and so it makes me wonder and and with the whole idea of changing the world and wanting you know people who want to change the world i'm going to change the world like that's obviously a certain perspective of this and it makes me wonder if certain people you know i i know just a bunch a bunch of different people in my life and they all have sort of varying degrees of a certain mentality and it makes me wonder if not that everyone doesn't have the opportunity to see things super deeply but if there's kind of based on where someone's at like an extent that they can go that as you sort of relax into that and seeing that it's like you don't have so much desire for them to change so much and you're like i'm okay doing just more nudging because i know they have the opportunity to go you know quote unquote all the way or, or super deep but it's almost like the likelihood is higher or lower for certain people. I'm curious your your thought on that because seeing kind of recognizing that takes the weight off pushing people to be like, you know, you're fucking God. Like you're God, you're it. There's nothing else besides you. It's all you always to just like, hey, maybe, maybe that isn't the truth. You know, maybe you can't be so sure of what's to come next. And and being okay with just expressing those insights as opposed to trying to go like to the extent of of rocking them so hard because that can be very counteractive as we've talked about so many times i've let go a lot of trying to change people or, or get people to change in a certain way but i'm curious your thoughts on i think everyone has the opportunity to see things very differently than they do but like there there's a variation in that the likelihood of that spectrum not that it's not possible but it's just different likelihoods based on people's upbringing experiences and all of that 
Well, it's interesting because the farther somebody is away from the mentality that we're discussing in terms of being relaxed and being yourself and open and all that fun stuff, the farther they are from that, the more sensitive they are to being pushed or pulled. And so you can't do anything deliberate. And it took a long time to recognize that. Now, you've never had a cat. Am I correct? Correct. So there's a lesson that cats can teach you. And it's frustrating for children. And it can be frustrating for needy adults who have never had a cat. So it's important to recognize this. You can't force your cat to love you. You can chase your cat around. Your cat will run away from you. You can try and go up to it and pet it. It will keep slinking off and avoiding you. And you're going to take that shit personally because your cat's annoyed, doesn't want you invading its space. And eventually you realize, I just gotta leave the goddamn cat alone. And then it comes up on its own terms because that's that's cats, right? Well, that's a lot of people, especially in our ego. Cats are super egotistical, in my opinion. Um, I'm just taking a shot at my cat for no good reason because he's not here to defend himself. But the point is, is that people, when they're in that fragile state of being, all you can do is not be and i find that that is the most powerful thing like the stuff i say is one thing but to actually hang out with me say something that that was defensive or waspish and then realize that i didn't give a fuck like i didn't even notice enough to care and then actually recognize like oh i can just relax like i love watching that process with people it's so much fun to watch like the first five ten ten minutes with somebody as they're going through their regular thing of dealing with the world of egotism and they realize that it just keeps falling off, like slipping away, like it's like it's hitting Teflon. And then they relax because they realize there are no shots coming back over the wall. Like we're so used to defending ourselves. We're so used to being on defense around the world that we go into every interaction fir- like firmly expecting to have to be on defense or to have to try and manipulate to get something because the world doesn't give a fuck about us. We're very separate, right? All of a sudden you're hanging out with somebody who's not doing that. You know, no matter how much you, you're, you're trying, like, you ready? You ready? And they're just like, do you want, you want a drink? Are you okay? Like, there's, there's no stress there. There's no response. It takes a little while. There's the, and this is why it's so important on our end to not take shit personally, right? Because that's the stuff that, that cuts off that safe space from developing. Like, we're the safe space, but we have to be safe in ourselves. And all that means is not letting this shit tear us down to recognize where it's coming from and then the the reactions of other people change but it's way more than just trying to nudge them in direction you are the nudge it has nothing to do with what you're saying it has to do with who you are and how you are like you give people long enough to recognize that you're totally relaxed while they're stressing the fuck out they're eventually going to start to wonder why right they'll start with those comments like oh yeah but you know nothing affects you right and it's just like because they're noticing they may use it to judge you at first but they're noticing give that some time yeah i think and that even even just hearing that because it's almost like another layer off almost like the idea of, of nudging is even still like you know, you're still doing something you still like you know wake up and you're like all right got to nudge some people today it's like no you don't even have to do that you don't even have to do that you can just be free in yourself and that's the impact like that's the most impactful thing you can possibly do and anything else 
is probably doing more harm than good. Like that's the bitch of it. It's not even about letting go of changing the world. It's about letting go of doing anything almost like not that you're like, you're always doing something. And I know the egotistical reaction to not doing anything is like, well, you have to do something or else nothing's going to happen. It's like, that's the thing. That's the paradox. That's the, the madness of it is that it's always happening. It's like the process of doing something is how much can you let go of doing something? How much can you let go of your character doing things? Because as you let go, you experience more relaxation. You are embodying that state. And then people start asking questions. They start getting curious because they see, oh, maybe, you know, they're living like that. Maybe. And, and they they could react in other certain ways, but they're not. Why? It's interesting. But, you know, as you get caught up in being defensive, it's like you're you're reinforcing that the character does exist, that the character is, you know, at the forefront of your reality. And that's not doing anyone any good. That's not allowing for anyone to let go of their own character because you're reinforcing that you exist. So uh, it's it's such a fascinating balance. And it's it's so oh man, it, it because like that's the hardest thing to do is not do anything like not impose your so much of your opinion not to say you never can but understanding that you're probably doing more harm than good when you do when you're like i think it should be this way i want it to be this way let's do it this way oh i don't know could do it this way this other way could work out too I know, like that's for the ego, especially that's the hardest thing you can do. And yet we think, oh, you, you don't do anything. That's so easy. You're just being lazy. You're doing nothing. It's like, try it, motherfucker. Like, try that shit. Good luck. It's a lot tougher than it may seem on the surface. And I think maybe even that that response of it, it being lazy is an excuse to not do it. It's an excuse to avoid it, knowing that it's way more difficult than doing something when you're not actually having as much impact, understanding that actually doing less is going to have more impact, but you have to let go of yourself even more. Because patience is really hard to learn, isn't it? And we think it's funny because it's like, oh, I have to practice patience. No, you actually just have to stop avoiding how long it takes to truly do something. <laughs> Because really, the doing just goes on and on, but we have no sensitivity to it whatsoever. I like what, something you were saying. I summarized it as you're always doing something, but as who? Because that changes everything, right? But if you were to think of life like a violin, and I, I say this because my daughter plays violin, and so I, I get to hear it all the time. It's always been one of my favorite instruments because of how it's played. You could look at the violin as a stringed instrument and to the ego, We'd be like a toddler with a stringed instrument, just like ching, 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 like trying to make music with it just because, you know, that's how it works. Obviously, I, I slap the thing and it makes a sound, right? But playing violin itself, playing, putting a bow against that string and actually just dragging it along, it's so soft, like so slightly, like not softly, they have to put pressure, but just dragging it along and feeling the vibration and that making the sound requires patience. 
requires sensitivity to be able to move your finger up and down the string to change that sound, requires a certain degree of being in the present. But if you were always in a rush, you would never be able to do that. You would never be able to make that sound. And that's what we're talking about. There is a whole other sound that we can play or embody that we miss because we're impatient, because we avoid the feeling that goes with that sensitivity, which is uncertainty. That's the thing, right? Like we're talking about stuff that you're like, this is fun. I like this. Yeah, because you're not as afraid. That's the whole thing that's changed since the beginning of season one to here. You've just recognized that you don't have to be scrambling for control all the time. You've had more and more faith in yourself and you've watched it work. You've actually watched it played out in real time and went, huh, not out of belief, not because, you know, law of attraction, got to manifest that shit. No, no, no. One step at a time, you have freed yourself and you have recognized your reality is more free as a result. And that's the process that happens, but it's not something that you can strive for. See how striving for it gets in the way? Even that whole period of like, oh, I got to wake people up. Do you? Or are you just avoiding waking up? Oh, ain't that a bitch. You trying to wake people up is just avoiding your own process, your own growth. Like, oh, I've, I've done enough. Now I'm going to go save the world. It's like, there's way more. Focus on that. Let go of that urge, that need, that desire. Practice that patience. It's way tougher. Like I've, I've said it before, but like we try and we have this perspective that changing the rest of the world is it's easier to try to do, but harder to do because in order to actually do it, you have to let go of that desire of that idea. And then changing ourselves is way harder to try to do because we have to take that responsibility but a lot easier you know letting go showing that patience realizing that it's already happening but we have that perspective and and we just use it as an opportunity to avoid to avoid our own growth and it's it's like are we even doing it consciously makes me wonder like we don't even see the perspective, like we don't even understand how much we're limiting ourselves through, you know, working on ourselves a bit, going through all that and being like, all right, that's enough. Now, all you people start doing this, start doing that, start doing this. It's like, you're just avoiding yourself. That's all it is. It's just avoidance. It's just mm, getting in the way. It's another way that your ego comes up and is like, all right, now let's, let's build this ego back up a little bit by changing everyone else. And if we do enough, then maybe we'll get seen in a certain way. And then we'll get seen as more. And like, and, and so it's like, we do enough that we're comfortable. And then we're like, all right, now it's, now it's time to build this shit back up. Let's, let's get to work and changing everyone else and forcing everyone else to change. And it's just another way that the ego comes back stronger and takes away from the work we've done when we start trying to change other people. So it's never about starting to change other people. That's just taking a break from our own process or, or avoiding our own process because it's starting to get a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, if we, if we keep going here, it's going to keep getting more uncomfortable. 
let's just stop that and start changing the world because we've done enough and we we see enough and we know everything now. So let's go change all these other people because we know what's best for them and we know it's right. Because there's a point and you're hitting it and I'm very excited about the fact that you keep hitting this point and not running from it. You saw the abyss at the retreat. And so you had a, a good long gander at what you're looking at. And I think you've had time to kind of assimilate, but the further you go, the more you have to take it in that it might just be you. That there is no world that isn't absolutely connected to you, but you as who. And that's, that's the part that people turn around. Like there's a point where you're just like, I need to teach people thinking you're being all you know, nice to them instead of just avoiding. Like we don't even recognize, we'll convince ourselves. Oh, no, 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 it's about them. It's about them. Is it? And I say this, having been on this podcast for four seasons, talking to people all the time, except I'm not trying to teach anyone. I just like this conversation. It's fun for me to have. It's fun for me to have with other people. And so we do this because I would be doing it anyway. So why not? Because we both resonate with the conversation. It's the conversation that's the point, not us. Right? It's just the enthusiasm of the conversation, not even the subject matter. If you think about it, I mean, think about it. We keep coming back to the point where it's like nothing we actually say matters. Relax, be yourself. We just keep circling around that in different ways coming back to it over and over and over again after we look at some toxicity and we realize why that toxicity is there and what's this obviously obvious result oh right it's from me hmm maybe i should relax and stop taking myself so seriously so it's always the same lesson it's always the same lesson it's just that common sense it's just that it gets uncomfortable after a point simply because you have to start practicing patience like in order to recognize it deeper, you have to get out of your way. Like this is part of the reason that I, I walked away from YouTube and I did that whole decade of just, nope, and focus on myself was the recognition that that was just as powerful as talking to anyone. Because had it not been for that time, half the crap I've talked about here wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be in that state of mind where I could communicate any of the things I'm experiencing because I wouldn't be experiencing them. I'd be too busy trying to save the fucking world. And that's it, right? It's not through trying to save the world. It's through being the world that you find new insights that change the world because you can embody them, right? But we keep trying to dwell on old insights. We keep reaching back into the past, you know, to different philosophies and different religions. Like somehow they saw something that we don't have the capacity to see. Like it's the weirdest fucking thing. You know, ah, got to reference this avatar from 4,000 fucking years ago. It's like, because they were experiencing reality on a deeper level, the reality that's here now that you can do if you'd stop looking backwards, but that's uncomfortable. It's way more comfortable to live in conceptual fictions. It's way more comfortable to live in that hierarchy that doesn't fucking exist and put off the responsibility by following something else. It's just more comfortable, but it, it we go through cycles like that. Like <laughs> I was saying this to my daughter the other day, because we, I don't remember what we were talking about, but she's just kind of like, really? We used to think that? And I'm like, man, we used to think the world was flat. Some of us still do. Like there was a point where we thought if ships went far enough away, they just fell off the edge. That was common knowledge. 
in the same way that the way we currently operate in the world is common knowledge. And sailing over that horizon, letting go of your ego, takes courage, especially when you think it's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, we keep... So we, we've delved into this, and I feel like I've uh, seen this a number of times, but every time like hits me harder, we, we circle around the recognition that it's all you and, you know, we talk about it all the time. And it's, I just find it so fucking funny how often, you know, right now recognizing it pretty clearly and I'll go so in and out of it, like so in and out of it all the time that like when it hits, it's like, Oh yeah, we've been talking about all these things, but it's it's just all me. And when you see that, everything that we talk about makes so much more sense. Like that's the point where it's like, oh yeah, all that makes way more sense in recognizing that it's all you. But even you know, the way I talk a lot of times is very much from the perspective of being Andrew and not being just reality. Everyone I'm talking to, everyone I interact with all the time and so having that patience understanding the taking the perspective and, and recognizing that it's all you there are no others to change and and seeing that everyone that thinks that they are just this individual and they have control and they're doing all these things when they're really not like things are are being done both as them and not as them simultaneously it's not like they're not doing anything but it's it's the perspective that they take thinking that the idea of them is the one doing it it's like it's so much less of that if any of that like significantly less than you could ever possibly think as you're going through your life thinking oh i'm this this is happening when really everything you're doing is symbolic of a certain mentality you know a larger and larger collective mentality to, you know, smaller, more localized, you know, localized mentality and seeing that it's all you, it, it almost takes all of the weight off, like all of the, the pressure off of like, uh, yes and no, because it takes all of a certain kind of pressure off and that is a different type of pressure, but it's not the egotistical pressure. It's like, and it's not a, a neg when I say pressure, I don't mean a negative pressure, but it's a, I don't know, maybe more responsibility for, it's almost like a responsibility for getting yourself out of the fucking way is what the responsibility comes down to. It's not this active responsibility. It's like a responsibility to be passive, but still be there. Wow. Fuck. That's so fucking funny. Like still like remain in the shit letting go of your need to actively change it it's like stepping into it actively and then being in a sort of passive mentality as you're in it letting stepping back from it and seeing everything happening and then kind of i i guess like like you've said you you come closer to center the closer you recognize that you're the center the closer you come to center and the more you recognize the influence that you can have on everything, but it's such a subtle influence that it's like you're responsible in that you are the center, 
but it's not the you that you think, but you still are it. So you have to let go of it being Andrew or Ray in the center, but it's you in the center as that and still be in it and making the most of each and every experience, but from a completely different mentality, like opposite end of the spectrum mentality. But that's where the influence is actually had, not when you're trying to control it, when you're just being it and kind of like, you know, subtly wobbling <laughs> around it is, uh, but yeah, it's like actively stepping into it and then passively experiencing it. Yeah. And it's funny because I love, I love how every time you get closer to just letting go, every time you have this insight where you can feel yourself just removing yourself so much from the fiction, um, it always feels like, oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. I've never seen it like that. Wow. Wow. I encourage you, Andrew, later on to go back and uh, listen to our community topics episode on spiritual psychosis and self-discipline because we had this exact conversation <laughs> in a different way because that's what we were talking about in terms of being self-disciplined. That's the self-discipline is getting out of the way. That's the self-discipline because everything else is psychosis. That's the work is just understanding how easy it is to fall victim to perception as reality. Right? So you're going to fall in and out of it. And every time that you come back to it, you're going to be like, oh, wow. And that's how you know you came back to it because it's no longer a concept. You're like, I know that. I got this ego death thing. I've seen unity, all of that shit. It's like, Abby, now, when was that? In the past that doesn't exist? <laughs> Perhaps you're just looking at a concept and that's what you're looking at, right? But it always feels like, oh my God, it always feels new. And it should, because it's always here now in the present. And it's always going to be a shock to your ego. Each and every time you question your ego and you have that insight of, oh fuck, I'm full of shit. Your, your ego is just going to go, oh, it's not going to like it. Some of it's going to like it. It's kind of a weird feeling, actually. You, there's this part of you that's just like, oh, wow. And then there's part of you that's like, ha, 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 ha. it's great. It, it really is. Um, Josh, who was on a roundtable, uh, I think it was season two uh, with Maddie, actually. Um, he had made a video the other day. And I love catching up with Josh whenever I can, because he's going through the shit like the rest of us, right? And he had just a moment of insight where he's like, we are the cause of and solution to all of our limitations. And that was the whole thing in his video. I'm like, yeah, it's funny when you get it. <laughs> That's it. It's only funny when you get it because you have to let go of the you. That's the cause of. That's how you become free. That's the, that's the insight at the end of that road. Right. I don't have to carry this. I can put it down. Right. And then that's it. And that's why you just go through life kind of enjoying yourself. And when you think you're Andrew, you think you're Andrew. When you don't think you're Andrew, you, you're not. And you're never anyway. See, that's the whole thing. It's both and neither all the time. Like, it doesn't matter if you think you're Andrew or not. You're still always everything. It really just comes down to, I don't know, how responsible 
do you want to be? How much of a nudge are you willing to be a part of? I think because there's a, there is a responsibility that goes with that. There's a lot of impact that goes with that. And I think that the less awareness you have, the more consequence comes from that. I think that that's why a lot of people who go down this path end up getting shot, you know, is largely just because they push too hard. I think, I, I think there's a certain deft touch that you have to have with people individually and their ego. And I think that that is especially true for ego collectively. I don't think we can just assault our ego in order to tear it down. I think that it really is that, that organic process of growing one, one person at a time. And so I had this image while you were talking and it's really important to recognize this. Like we always simplify it to the point where it's like, if I could just tell the person the right thing that they'd be free. It's like, I wish it was that simple, but we are, we are just balls of yarn, like really, really complex balls of yarn. And all you're doing is by being free yourself, helping that person maybe loosen up their ball of yarn a bit. That's it. Just a bit. You're not trying to, un to, to unravel it entirely because frankly, that person's going to lose their shit. There's a lot to see. It, it needs to be taken a step at a time. But in just being free yourself, all of a sudden you remind everybody else like, oh, I can loosen up a bit. And that's the path. It's not about getting us to a certain philosophy. It's not about getting us to a, to a certain religion. You know, that's why I say the only true religion is none, right? Well, then what is the point if it's not the worship of something, the appreciation of something, and the encouragement of the mentality that can appreciate that thing, right? That's really it. It's not about belief. It's not about an insight. It's not about transformative change overnight. It's about ongoing change being a part of it as it's as it's happening through you as you and that's really all it is being a part of the music rather than just hammering on the violin strings yeah and understanding uh like what you said about just being a free space like being free in yourself i mean we've talked about this a ton you say it all the time but it's really is that passive act because like how often do people go to a counselor or a therapist and they don't change at all like nothing changes about them like they they go to it thinking oh this is it and a lot of times people will go and just you know to go because they feel better about thinking that this is the process of changing without actually taking responsibility for being the change that's happening and so they just stay in the same spot and so we we have this idea that as you were saying, we can just, if I just say the right thing, if I just say it clearly enough, if I just, you know, get, get them in the right state of mind and then give them this insight and then it's, it's all going to be fixed and perfect and, and all that stuff. And it really, none of that matters nearly as much as being free in yourself and, and showing people that they can, you know, drop their shoulders a little bit, be a little bit more relaxed in their experience. And through that recognition that you're already relaxed and they see it as an opportunity, those insights, those thoughts, those things that they will recognize that can free themselves from being in the prison will arise because it's not about telling them anything so they can think a certain way. It's about allowing those insights to arise within them. And so embodying that freedom, being that free space where they're like, oh, I can. Oh, this is. This is relaxing. Just being, just being a relaxing experience is it. 
Like how much of a relaxing experience can you be? Holy shit. So anytime you're, <laughs> anytime you're stressed, try to change the world, try to change someone else. You're not a relaxing experience. Like, oh, fuck. The amount of times I've gotten caught up and like worked up and someone been like, especially like a, fa a family member or something. And, and I'm like kind of pushing them because I'm getting caught up in myself, like saying, oh, come on. It's not that big of a deal. Like, oh, here's why you're getting so stressed, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not being a relaxing experience. I may be relaxed and having some fun, but I am not being a relaxing experience. So how, <laughs> how relaxing of an experience can you be? Which means that you have to be, how relaxed can you be? Basically is it. And so how much can you let go of trying, of giving effort? Because effort implies stress. Like trying implies stress, trying to change someone, trying to change someone's mind. Holy shit. How relaxing of an of an experience? How relaxing of an experience can you be? Which means, how relaxing yourself can you be? <sighs> Service. It's laughable, isn't it? Like, relax. It's the best thing you can do for all of us, and it's true. But it's counterintuitive. Immediately, your ego is like, "Well, what change are you making?" Because the ego can't see change unless it's force, despite the fact that life is change. Life never stops changing, right? But from the ego's perspective, right, but is it the right change? What if it's not the change I prefer? We have no faith because we have that very individual separate mentality that we don't recognize the bigger picture. This is why, you know, when you look at like the Tao Te Ching and stuff like that, like they talk about nature, you know, in nature, nothing is rushed yet everything gets done. It's kind of laughable, right? Because you're like, right. Shit, we are nature and look how much we're rushing right? to the point where we work eight to 12 hour days. For what? For what? Like, it's so amazing to me that as we progress, we're not phasing out how often we have to work. Like, that seems like it would make sense to uh, a society that's trying to, I don't know, advance to give ourselves more time to develop. But instead, we just make things harder on everyone, right? Our, our system, our planet, everything that we do is based on this mentality that can't help but cause harm because it's so afraid, because it's so detached. We don't get that though, because it feels really good to be in control. And you could say, well, like, well look at all the good we've done. I had somebody saying that the other day about my video about uh, that religious guy who was like, you've got to give your life up to Jesus and all that stuff. And you know, you're saying like, well, look at all the good religion has done. I'm like, where? People have done good out of empathy. Unfortunately, often as part of religion, but I would say despite religion. Like, that's the whole point. Like, how often do you see you will have, well, oh God, let's just talk about what happened here in North America with the, the indigenous. You had all these priests and men of the cloth coming over in the name of Jesus. And, you know, it's very empathetic and all that as we wipe out your culture and force you to do this and take away your names and stamp out your fucking language and everything else. Sounds real fucking caring. Right? Wow, look at all the good religions doing. And yet they felt they were doing something good. See? Like religion gets in the way of empathy. 
that's the problem. It colors it. It changes it. All of a sudden, you're not even being empathetic. You're just doing what the religion says is the good thing to do. And it's closing your eyes and missing the fact that everybody else is you. Right? That's what empathy is, is the recognition of unity in a very small moment. Right? But that's another emotion or another experience that you can tap into, that you can relax into, that you can feel more and more, which is why you want to serve. You know, admittedly, like I love dualistic unity because I get the opportunity to talk to people who could use an ear or an opportunity to just shoot the shit and work things out. You know, it's nice to be able to do that for people. There's no other reward. I don't need a reward. I've been through the shit. I understand how hard it is to do it on your own. Seeing somebody all of a sudden just go, ah, thank you. I, I feel so much lighter. Fuck. I don't need anything else. I don't think any of us do if we genuinely have that moment of recognizing that we can be free and by virtue of that, help other people experience freedom. It really is its own reward. There really is no payoff required. Like I, like I said to Andrew before, like if I didn't have to make money, I'd do this shit all fucking day. You know, because we are suffering through a mentality that is habitual and ingrained and has unfortunately put itself in here in concrete for a little while, literally. But that doesn't mean it has to stick. It's just something that we've kind of got stuck on, kind of like an addict, you know, getting stuck on a certain addiction. That's really all this is about. And we need to be there for ourselves and each other in order to get over this addiction because it's the reason we got into it. Yeah, addict stuck on a certain addiction. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a fantastic way of putting it because it, it is very much how we are we're so addicted to the idea of ourselves and and building that no no matter how much destruction it does for us it's like we don't see another way because the alternative is so uncomfortable that we just avoid it through continuing to try to build it and it's funny the uh you know like the priest religion example we we have this idea of doing good and and we never really sit back and take the perspective of like who whose good is it for like who who's actually who is the good for because it's always is it for society is it for you is it for your idea of what good is as if that's an objective thing that is universal you know the, the building of the process of coming to America and, you know, creating a, a free society, a democracy, whatever it was, like all of the destruction that was done to everyone, all of the indigenous tribes, all of the, the natives that were here already, like what defined good for me? There is no objective good. And as we strive for it, there's always going to be secondary implications. I was thinking about this the other day because um my uh my brother I had to bring my brother to the doctor for something and I was just you know waiting there and we had to put masks on to go into the doctor's office and like all right can we can we had enough had enough of this stuff and just made me wonder because it was disposable masks at the front entrance it just hit me because as we left we threw them in the garbage like we don't we don't use them for anything else anymore holy fucking shit how many landfills are just chock full of masks now all the money you know because you know keep the fucking 
economy churning. Let's make way more masks for this thing that maybe how much do the masks actually do? Well, they give us the illusion of doing something. But what is actually the impact? We're throwing them all away. Everyone's using, most people are using disposable masks. If you're going to a place that requires masks when nothing else does, I don't carry up for a while. I was carrying around my own mask because I had to use it so fucking often. And like now, and in so many situations, we were using the disposable mask. Like how many times I saw a mask on the street in New York City, just lying on the ground. And then, okay, great. It's in the garbage. It's like, okay, at least it's not in view. That's going to a fucking landfill. It's just filling up the earth with more shit. Like we don't understand that there are secondary implications, tertiary implications to everything all the time. And we we're just so honed in on, well, this is good because this makes me feel good because it makes me feel like I'm doing something. I'm getting, I'm getting stressed about this. I want to feel like I'm doing something. I would rather feel like I'm doing something than take a step back and actually see what the impacts of that thing actually are. And so it does come back to how relaxed of an experience you can be. How relaxed can you be in yourself? How much can you recognize? How clearly can you see that it's always happening? It's already happening. How much can you get out of the way and allow it to happen and almost see where it's happening and just be that experience to suck in all the other experiences to that relaxed experience. Cause that, you know, ah, oh man, it's like we, we talk a lot about, you know, health and whatever and eating healthy and blah, blah, blah. But if you're going so far that you're getting stressed about eating healthy, doing more harm than good stress and relaxation if those aren't the opposite ends of the spectrum and how much our stress impacts our health and our livelihood, which when I go into this, that stress causes us to get sick. We get some meds, big pharma makes more money. How much are they hoping that we stay stressed? Because we know how much of an impact that has on our health, on our livelihood, on our ability to not get sick, how little stress we experience in our life, how relaxed we can be. So there's a lot of things that are actually incentivized to maintain a stressful society. And so we're talking about the actual impact is how relaxed can you be? That is the opposite of what our society is pushing because a lot of it is run off of the majority being stressed all the time. There is a lot of incentive to a stressful mentality and to pushing and promoting this stressful mentality, which is on the opposite end of that spectrum of being relaxed and getting yourself out of the way. But it's profitable as fuck, right? There's a, a clip of uh, one of the executives at CNN having a, a conversation and, and Buddy had a camera and he wasn't, he was being recorded and didn't know. And they were talking about what the lineup was going to be over the next couple of years in terms of programming. And he was like, oh yeah, no, I think we'll, uh, I think we're going to target uh, now that the COVID thing is kind of dying down. We're going to really focus on climate change. You know, a lot of, a lot of bad things coming, a lot of bad things happening. And the guy's like, you know, you think that's a good angle? He's like, oh yeah, fear, fear really sells straight up. You can find the clip. Like it's, it's just hilarious, but that's the point is that they, they know you're not going to tune in to a 24-7 channel about how awesome it is to relax. They do know that you're going to tune in if you're afraid. 
right? And so a lot of our of our industry or a lot of our, our, our market and our economy is based on fear. How much of it is based on what you don't have, that you're not enough, that you'll never be enough, that you're not attractive enough, or you're not smart enough, or you don't have enough money, or you don't have enough stuff, or you don't live in the right area. Or, like, the list goes on and on and on. It's all fear of not being enough. That's what drives capitalism. You know, if all of us were satisfied in ourselves, we wouldn't buy nearly as much shit. And we would buy things for different reasons. Like you wouldn't be going and looking for a brand name coat. You'd be looking for a coat that's going to last you and is made of good material. doesn't matter the brand name. And this is when you start getting craftsmen. Again, people who actually make shit locally for you, for you, literally for you. You know, this is the thing that, that really got me about my grandfather. He was a shoemaker once upon a time. And when I was very young, he made me a set of shoes. And I remember this very clearly. There's a whole goddamn process that goes into it. They measure your foot. They do the whole thing. They make it for your foot. It's literally made for your foot. It's not just this random, you know, mass-produced shoe that you kind of like, oh, I think that's my size. And it kind of wiggles around or doesn't fit your toes right or anything. Like It's not made for your foot. It's just made for a foot that's relatively close to your foot. That's not what shoes used to be. They used to be made for your foot for your foot, specifically your foot. So you can imagine how much more they, how much longer they'd last, how much more comfortable they were. And, and the fact that they were made by a person who was talking to you, like an actual human being. And how much human interaction do we really have now? Like how many phone numbers do you call where you're just like, Jesus Christ, put a human on the line, right? How many phone calls? How many, like you go to a store now, self-checkout, and that's becoming more and more frequent, right? And eventually it's just going to get worse than that because we don't value human interaction. We don't recognize exactly how much work we're doing as soon as we're with somebody because that's the work. That's the work. And so we're not putting the work into ourselves and we're cutting ourselves from putting in the work with other people to the point where we can't even have a disagreement without the government coming in and mandating some fucking solution without giving us the ability to actually come to a middle ground organically. Like we are so far on the other end of the fucking spectrum in terms of being organic or in terms of being an organic whole that's working together. Like we are quite literally working as a cancerous tumor against itself. And there are certain people who are trying to recognize like, right, shit, it's just because of this division. That's all it is. That's what cancer is. It's division from the body. It's just, it's working against itself. We are basically embodying that in our culture. You know, and, I, and I have to wonder how much of that is going into the actual manifestation of cancer. And I'm not talking magically, like our mentality is manifesting cancer just because it can, but look at the, look around, look at the air, look at the quality of the water, look at you know, the quality of the food that we eat, all that shit. That's all from capitalism and our need for a quick fucking solution to solve our fear, right? I don't have enough. Oh, I got to sell this fucking chocolate coated cereal that's going to make kids jump through the fucking roof and not pay attention to what's happening in their life, but I'm going to make a fucking buck. So that's okay. It's all driven by selfishness. That's all it is. And we don't recognize that as the common root because in order to recognize that as the common root, we got to take a real fucking shit kicking to our ego. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, with the uh, capitalism and just kind of the promotion and the pushing of it. Like we 
have this idea that because we have the idea of ourselves and the the experience of being individual and the perception of being individual that's informing our stress and our fear which creates the lack of awareness to everything else the impacts on the rest of our reality that's actually having the impact and it just becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy this cycle this constant constant cycle and so with with the cancer it's yeah yeah people get so caught up in the you know magic of of manifestation that things are like oh magically popping up how is this possibly popping up and it's like there's such a a seamless process of it popping up based on the collective mentality that we're embodying and and going back to what i was saying before with everyone like people not really being people they're kind of being an expression of their mentality like it's almost like the expressions of the collective mentality are popping up as people but it's also popping up as diseases as certain sicknesses relative to directly proportionate to how we see ourselves and the mentality that we're embodying so everything that's that's popping up the destruction of the planet in different ways is relative to how we see ourselves and and the lack of awareness that we perceive like the lack of an ability to see what's actually happening because we're so caught up in not seeing reality we're so veiled by the idea of ourselves and that desire above all else experiencing that sickness of the illusion of me that can't be relaxed it's almost like it can't be relaxed in itself like it needs a reason to be relaxed on top of that until you understand that you don't need a reason to relax you just are because you're because of how you see yourself because you're already it because it's all already happening exactly as it as it is once you see that you don't need a reason on top of it to be relaxed but until then it's like oh i need a i need this to happen and then i'll be relaxed i need i need this i'm going to control this to do this and then and then i'll be relaxed until something else pops up and then you're stressed and, it's, and or i need to go on this trip in order to be relaxed i need to be on this vacation in order to be, to be relaxed and it's not to say that you know, being free of certain things that may cause more stress could give you the opportunity to be relaxed and then see that as a way of living. If you're aware of what's actually happening, that you're letting go of your need to control everything and just allowing things to happen is the reason that you're relaxed. It's not, you know, the vacation. It's not the situation. It's you allowing yourself to be. You may see that, oh, this is actually something I can apply at all times. My environment isn't as impactful upon this as I think. It's almost like I'm using my environment as an excuse to understand that this is actually something that's available at all times. And we use so many different situations as excuses on either side. This is the reason that I'm stressed. This is the reason I'm unhappy. This is the reason that I'm relaxed. This is the reason that I'm happy. Like we're always building layers and reasons as to why we're feeling a certain way because it allows us to foist the responsibility onto something else. And you would think that it would be easier to take responsibility for our relaxation. Like, oh, this I'm feeling good, so I can take 
responsibility for this. I'm being relaxed, but we still foist it onto something else because that is what we've gotten used to. And in order to be able to foist the responsibility of our stress and everything else onto our job or our family or our spouse or our kids or, you know, the way reality is, we then have to foist the responsibility of the relaxation onto other things. Like they go part and parcel, hand in hand. And, and that is the root of all that stuff is the lack of responsibility that we take. So as we take responsibility for, you know, the stress in our life, understand that it comes down to us as much as the situation, we may perceive that it has impact. It's not in the way that we think. And so as we move on that spectrum away from the lack of responsibility towards the responsibility, then as we're relaxed and, and whatever, we see that we can take responsibility for that. And through that, we may see, oh, this is actually available all the time, way more often than I think. Then we go back to the stressful situation. We're like, oh, I, I, I could be relaxed then. Maybe I can be relaxed now. And they kind of inform each other, but it comes down to that responsibility and being able to see, <laughs> see that it's all you. And in that, you know, the depth of that recognition, it's all your responsibility. And you always have the opportunity, you know, it's always right there. And, and you see that in your responsibility, it really comes down to how relaxed you can be in each and every moment and take responsibility for that and take responsibility for the fact that reality is all you, that it's all you. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the horror that you might see in front of you. And that's, that's the hardest thing is when you start seeing people starving, you know, sex trafficking, you see, you know, government corruption, you see, you know, Wall Street executives making billions of dollars while the rest of us starve, you know, that kind of thing. And, and you see that and you're just like, how can I relax when all this shit's happening? It's like, you need to recognize like the process of, of relaxing and, and making the most out of each and every moment isn't going to turn the world around overnight, but this is the process that is going to eventually change it meaningfully right? It got here through the opposite mentality. And this is why kind of when you look at, let, let's say climate change, for example, you know, oh, we got to do something about this. We got to do something about this by a certain portion of the population. The other portion of the population is like, well, what about our jobs? What about the oil? What about all this stuff that drives the economy? Things like they have totally different priorities, right? And even some of the people who are on the side of climate change aren't necessarily doing it because they care about the planet, because it, but because of how it defines them. And so, all of our climate change plans, regardless of how well-meaning they might be, are going to get railroaded. They're going to get derailed by, by corporate interests. They're going to get in, uh, derailed by you know, our lack of taking shit seriously. Because frankly, we're just not aware enough to really give a shit collectively at the end of the day. And it's because we're still struggling through inequality and poverty. Like, this is the reason, like going into the future, th like the impact on our climate is going to be defined by countries that are developing, like South America, you know, like they're they're fully in the swing of, of uh, industrialization. Well, why? Well, because that's what everybody else has been doing, right? So they're not thinking about the climate. They're trying to catch up and get out of poverty. Well, why? Well, because we're not fucking doing anything about that poverty, are we? You know, and that's kind of the point. Like if we were, if we'd let go of this fucking country shit, 
right? And actually start to recognize that we are one, then we can start pulling everybody else up. Oh, well, lo and behold, all those, country, uh, all those countries that are going to go into the full swing of industrialization maybe don't have to. Maybe that there's something that we can do to cut, like to shortcut all of that need to pollute the fuck out of the place just to try and catch up to the industrialized nations. Maybe we can share technology. Maybe we can work together. But that requires us to actually recognize that we're one. And so it doesn't matter how many times or how many ways I look at it in my head. There is really only one solution to any of this. It's the recognition that we're one. And that's not something we can believe. So it's a fucking... It's a way bigger journey than any of us would like it to be, but it starts with you. You're the journey. The more you are willing to be everything, the more everything changes. The real question is, what happens when there's more of us willing to admit that we're everything? What happens when there's more of you embodied in more of us? And we start coming together. How fast do those ripples spread? I don't know. And that's the whole point. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how far. It matters that it's happening and that it's different than, than what's been happening. That's really the only fucking point, isn't it? When you look at the common denominator of how we fucking got here, it's the fiction of me. That's it. We address that common denominator. Things have to change because that's the foundation of everything that's been going on. So we change the foundation. Everything shifts with it. But it's a long process and we have to be willing to surrender our sense of control, our need to satisfy our selfish wants. We need to have faith. It's so funny how it comes down to all this stuff that like old world, old world religion was trying to communicate and got turned into a religion. Yeah. Oh, man. It is fascinating how we've been able to kind of twist and turn everything into being an egotistical kind of reflexive reaction to something that's egotistical. Like, like we think we're doing good when really we're just reinforcing the root. And that's why it's such a paradoxical counterintuitive approach that can't be forced because it's the underlying mentality and, and it comes up in so many different ways, like you were talking about, you know, climate change and sex trafficking and all of the awful things that are happening in our reality because we're so lost in the idea of me. And so as that route continues on with those recognitions, it's like, well, I can't relax with all that stuff happening. And that reinforces the route as we're going. And so it's it's continued to go and and I can't relax reinforces the idea of me reinforces the process of those things happening. Like they are an expression of this divisive mentality that we have this, this selfish idea that everything I do has to somehow just benefit the idea of me. And if there is no incentive that benefits me, benefits me, why should I do it? What's the point? Like it, it acts, there's so many people out there that they can't comprehend why they would ever possibly do something if it doesn't somehow benefit them. And then when I talk to people about, you know, the world shifting and changing, and maybe we're not doing all the right stuff. And maybe, you know, do these people really have to do these things? And it's like, 
a response I get a lot is, well, well, how are we going to incentivize them to do it? There has to be some incentive to do so, right? And and we think that like we can't do things without a selfish egotistical incentive because we're so caught up in believing that that mentality, that idea of us is the truth that we can't even see that maybe there is another way to live. Maybe we can do it without this selfish egotistical incentive and let go of the idea of me. And as we do so, that sort of incentivized mentality can still be there. And as the perception of me shifts into being reality, the incentive to let go of of the division I perceive between everything and therefore the incentive to do things differently, there is an incentive there. There's the, you know, full circle selfish incentive. So it's not even, (laughs) it's not even the incentive mentality that's the issue. It's the perspective of me. Like you were just saying, like we say all the fucking time, it's not even about that incentive. Like they're not wrong in thinking there needs to be an incentive, but it's the perspective with which you take yourself. Again, that root is the issue because we can make drastically drastic improvements in our reality with the same sort of uh, incentivized, selfish incentivized mentality if we recognize that it's all me, that it's all quote unquote us. And there is no division between each and every one of us. And we're always interacting with ourselves. We're always helping ourselves, allowing ourselves to see other options. So the incent- the selfish incentives can can remain. We just have to shift our idea of ourself and how we perceive that idea of me. Oh, if, it, if, if only it was easier to save the world, right? When it really just comes down to being responsible, being accountable, letting go of yourself, you know, being in a place where you you can be the change that you want to see in the world. It's a good quote. You know, it really is applicable, but we keep thinking like that's physically, like I got to be out there, you know, picking up the garbage. It's like, well, no, but being the kind of person who doesn't throw their garbage on the ground, that helps. You know, we're being the kind of person who goes around nagging other people to pick up their garbage doesn't. Right. So it's just recognizing why you're doing what you're doing. But uh, I'm encouraged by the fact that as this conversation spreads, as more and more of us have it, because it is spreading. This, this is the whole thing that's exciting when we watch our daily traffic and the, and the rapid climb that's happening with dualistic unity. We're having more of this conversation and we're getting to the point where we're going to be able to do just lavish and extravagant acts of altruism for the sake of doing it. Like I was talking about Mr. Beast and his uh, healing of a thousand people to, who, were, who needed cataract surgery fucking a let's do that all the time like how many people can we cure of blindness for example and just make a big fucking stink about it you know just like look what we're doing oh look what we're still doing you know and just keep doing it for the sake of doing it and and when people are like well why are you doing that it's like well why not why aren't you doing it and just be right in your face about it i think that sounds like fun because nobody's doing it without some egotistical payoff. Nobody's doing it for the sake of doing it. Nobody's doing it for the sake of normalizing it. I mean, you've got companies that give away money to charity all the time for a tax write-off. 
right? And so it's a totally different thing, but to actually embody this on a large collective scale, yeah, it's super exciting. So on that note, because we are wrapping up here in about seven minutes, I just wanted to say, if anybody would like to help us as we normalize altruism and spread the word, um, just recommend Dualistic Unity to your friends, or if you can, depending on what platform you listen on, leave us a review. Those actually really help because um, it spreads the word. It, it tells more people that we're out there. Or uh, we've seen a couple of people lately take some clips from the podcast and make their own social media post or video using it as a background. We really appreciate that. That's great. It spreads the word as well. Um, you can join us on Patreon. That's always very helpful. Or just listen to the podcast because each and every play that we get gets us closer to the point where we can take advantage of those corporate assholes and use their advertising money to give to other people. So we really appreciate anything that you can do in, in terms of that. And, and as always, just keep being you because you're already the change. You're already doing everything. I mean, you're us. So you're us doing this. You don't have to do much more. It's not like you, you need to, to be out there like, you know, dualistic unity is going to change the world. You don't need to do that. You are dualistic unity. Oh, God, I love how that sounded. You are dualistic unity. And it's so true. Oh, yes. I love that one. Um, yeah, that, that could be a decent little slogan merch idea. You are dualistic unity. Exactly. Like, as yeah, it's so funny, like, just taking the egotistical perspective of, you know, growing something or forcing something to, to happen, growing a business, growing a podcast, whatever it may be is, is there's so much. Not that we don't have effort and do a lot of work and do a lot of things to get it out there. But like with everything, there's, you can do things in a embodying stress, or you can do things embodying relaxation. Like as much as you do a bunch of shit, you can still be relaxed as you're doing it. But as you get caught up in needing to get to a certain place or feeling like oh, I should be here by now, this should be happening by now you're no longer embodying that relaxation. And that's actually going to cut you off, like cut out your legs from under you as you're trying to continue to make change and do things like having that relaxed mentality through it and still doing a bunch of shit, but being relaxed as you go. Well, actually it's, it's like there's a exponential aspect of that. Like it, it makes it exponentially easier and the growth exponentially faster because you're being that relaxed experience that people can come to and, and through a podcast or on YouTube or whatever, they, they listen to it or they watch it. It's like, oh, this is a very relaxing experience for me. Maybe I can be relaxed doing other things in my life. And that's it. But if we were to do this, wanting to get to a certain spot, it wouldn't be as relaxing of an experience to listen to. If we were on here being like, fuck these people, fuck corporations, while well, people are going to be like, eh, I don't think I'm going to listen to that anymore. I hear what they're saying, where they're coming from, but this is not a relaxing experience. And again, you know, there's a balance with everything, absolutely. And there's a time and a place to to push and prod and poke. And there's a time and a place to, I, I would say, the the majority of the time to be that relaxed environment, that relaxed experience for people to recognize that they can do it too. They can do it too. Not they should, not they have to. Simply that they can, they're able to. So yeah, I, I very much appreciate everyone who is going through it 
you know, be in that relaxed experience for everyone else that they know, because it's all you ever have to do. It's already happening. You're already it. You're already there. You're already in the place that you want to get to right now. So just keep on, keep on keeping on and uh, watch everything change around you. And, you know, as Ray said, if you don't mind, if you are enjoying the, uh, the chat, feel free to leave a review. Feel free to share it with a friend, share it on your social media. If you really like an episode, tag us, toss it on your Instagram story and, you know, we'll repost it on all our stuff in, in appreciation because we do enjoy this so much and we'd love to see the growth and, and everyone who is taking part in the conversation and, uh, you know, just being relaxed in themselves is, I don't know, the most enjoyable thing about all of this is just seeing the change happening. Not that we're doing anything, but just watching it happen and, and being a part of it as it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to thank everybody who could join us today, as always, in the comments section and, and after the fact. Obviously, we really appreciate your support. But I think it's really interesting because as we unravel individually and we start to, to work together to unravel collectively, we start to unravel larger and larger and larger parts of our ego. Like the initial stages of dualistic unity have been very much in the spirituality sense, like towards religion and belief and, and, and all of that stuff, because it's so foundational to our ego historically. But as we continue to unravel that, as we get farther and farther away to from the need to believe in fictional God, let's just say, we can stop believing, believing in other fictions, like nationalism is something that I'm really, really looking forward to tackling. That's something that we're going to start getting into as more and more of us have this conversation, you know, and then of course there's capitalism which is going to be a fun conversation to have, but there are such deep layers to our collective egotism that can only be unraveled as we unravel ourselves individually. So it's really exciting to be a part of this process. Admittedly, like for years, I've been thinking, oh, it'd be great if this started somewhere and people really got into it and you see these different things start up and you're like, yeah. And then they end up turning towards egotism because it's always so tempting to do that, especially when you have a larger and larger group of people with enthusiasm, you have to deal with that selfishness. You have to once again, relax and go, right, this doesn't make me more important. This has nothing to do with me. I'm just glad to be here. And I am genuinely glad to be here. Andrew and I both are. So on that note, we're going to end this here. Uh, we're going to continue on in 15 minutes on Patreon. You can join us for an hour and a half in our tier two group uh, at patreon.com slash dualistic unity. We are also going to be doing our regular Sunday tier three exclusive group today as well. And that's two hours after the tier two group. So that conversation is always a lot of fun and it inspires a lot of the background stuff that we do. So if you'd like to join us there, that'd be great. And of course, you also get a shout out in the credit roll of all of our videos. Whenever you are a tier three supporter, there's also some massive discounts. Oh, uh, the retreat, April coming up. Don't forget about it. two tickets left. If you would like to come, do consider becoming a Patreon member because there are significant discounts on retreat tickets for Patreon members. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We will uh, see you next week. Bye, everyone.